Greetings to everyone joining us for a new episode of the European Hoops podcast. We cover the EuroLeague and the top FIBA events. I am André and with me our basketball expert, Joe Volent. Hi André, hi guys. Hope everything is okay with y'all. We are here for another episode of the European Hoops podcast. Hopefully you guys stay with us and tune in for the rest of our episodes. André, let us know, man, what are we talking about today? Today we will be bringing you the preview of round 8 of the EuroLeague, the first half of uh, this uh, double header week. This is... Uh, a week filled with basketball games and filled with EuroLeague action. We are bringing you episodes slightly earlier this week because of that reason, because it's a doubleheader week. That's why on the, this uh, different week we will have our week in recap coming out on Saturdays and Sundays. And we will have the preview of the first hand of the doubleheader coming out on Monday, today. And um, the second half uh, of the, the doubleheader preview will be coming out on Wednesday for you guys. We will have episodes coming out in the morning time in the United States and on the, the afternoon to evening time in Europe. So we always give you guys, we try to give you guys two days to be able to listen to the episodes heading into the start of each round. So we have a lot of games to go over and uh, let's uh, waste no time and start looking at them. In this episode, we will go over the nine games that will take place on round eight. And we start with a matchup between Monaco and FS. Monaco is a team that really has found their, their rhythm and uh, has won their last five games. They are currently with a record of five wins and two losses. FS has been inconsistent and uh, has been able to find a system that allows them to maximize their strengths, they are with three wins and four losses, despite winning their previous matchup against the Jalgiris. This is a game that uh, we can see uh, high-level basketball and we have we will have high-level players on both sides of the floor. At the way that they are playing right now, I think Monaco needs to be seen as a favorite. So I will ask you, what does FS needs to do to be able to be competitive and to be able to put up a fight against this Monaco team that is playing very good basketball? Well, I think everybody knows my answer already, but uh, play through Will Clyburn, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think Monaco is a team that on the wings, they might not have enough size to, to match up with Will. So I think this is a very good matchup for him to, to take over the game and, and try to get this win for FS. Uh, I wouldn't bet on that. Obviously, I think Monaco is the better team. And I think, especially playing at home, I think they have the, the a great shot to, to win this game. And, and I, uh, again, I expect Mike James and Jordan Lloyd and Elio Gobo to set the tone for the team and, and to, to be dominant from the, the guard spot because that's what they do regularly. Uh, Mike didn't have a great game um, against, uh, against Oswell last week. So I think he will step up and he will bounce back and have a very good one right now. Uh, but yeah, I just think Monaco is the better team and they play better basketball. Unless Will goes crazy, uh, I don't see a way where FS can come to Monaco and get this win. There are two aspects of this game that for me will be crucial. Like the rebounding. Um, Monaco has been uh, on this uh, seven games, the eighth best rebounding team in the, in the EuroLeague and FS has been the fourth thing. FS can have the best front courts are the best big men on uh, on this matchup and those big men being able to step up and to insert themselves into the game and being impactful into this game certainly would be a way for FS to to have a good game and a good matchup against uh, Monaco and the three-point shooting in the past we have mentioned the struggles of Monaco from behind the arc not this season so far they are shooting 39% from three and they are the second best team in three-point shooting percentage 
in the EuroLeague. If they are able to keep up with that, it certainly gives them an advantage and just opens up the game for them in uh, such a big level that uh, that really is the way for Monaco team to, to take that step forward and to be an elite contender, to be a championship contender. That has been what was lacking from them on the, the previous season. And they seem to have found options and to have fixed it heading into the, this season. If they are able to keep up with that and against um, FS team that is shooting 34.1% from behind the arc, that certainly can be an aspect of the game where they can have an advantage and they can try to impose themselves and uh, to be dominant and continue the year and go for their sixth consecutive win on uh, this edition of the, the EuroLeague. In terms of individual matchups, I'm looking at uh, Mike James and Will Clyburn. No surprise there. They are the two best players of each one of these teams. And while they won't be matching up on the court against each other, their performance will be key and crucial for their teams. And uh, their ability to impact the game will be certainly one of the main factors for each of their teams to, to be able to, to dominate and to, to control uh, this game and to, to come out of this game with the win. What about you? Uh, well, uh, one of the guys I have in this key matchup, uh, I hope he plays. He, he didn't play against Salgiris, but Elijah Bryant and, and Jordan Lloyd because I believe those two guys, um, obviously they're not the main playmakers. They, they don't have the ball in their hands most of the time, but I, I think their importance to, to their teams is so big and they do so many of the little stuff that nobody notices, but they are so important. Like they play defense, they, they get on the boards, even though they are guards and they, I mean, I think they are very important, and both those teams need them to, to be at their top level. So I, I'm I'm going to go with those two guys. Very well. Next, we have the game between Maccabi and Olympiacos. These are two teams that are close in the standings, but they are in different moments of their season. Olympiacos have been struggling. They lost their last two games, while Maccabi comes into this round with two wins on their previous two, on their two previous matchups. Uh, for Olympiacos, the, this is a very important game uh, against uh, Maccabi. They don't want to sell, to continue to trail back on the on the standings, and this would be a very important game for them to be able to to step up and to to be competitive. What do you think will be the the main factors on this matchup between Maccabi and uh, Olympiacos? Well, I think the advantage here is clearly for Maccabi and the firepower. Uh, I mean especially having Wade back. I just don't know how Olympiacos is going to be able to handle that, uh, not only defensively, which they are good defensively, but against a, a team with this type of backcourt and, and this type of firepower, it's going to be hard to put up a good defensive performance. And, and they just don't have enough to, to keep up offensively. So uh, I believe this is a matchup that clearly favors Maccabi. And I expect them to, to play like that. Three-point volume will be something that I'll be looking at on this particular game and see if Olympiacos is able to be red-hot from three. And in that way, and with their ball movement, that's something that they have the advantage uh, against most most teams if they are able to find open shots and make those open shots. But this Maccabi team is a team that also moves the ball very well. They are first in assists in the whole EuroLeague with 22.2. So they certainly are a team that are able to also find easy shots and to make the most of the of their of their players and that they are best players. We can expect Wade to continue to take steps forward and to get back into his rhythm and to be even more impactful. That all of those reasons will make this a very hard game for Olympiacos, but they certainly will be trying to be competitive and will certainly try to to step up and to to perform at a, a good level. 
in terms of individual matchups, do you, who, who will you have your eyes on? Uh, I would probably go with uh, Alec Peters and Bozzy Colson. I think those two guys have been so important for the, their teams. Uh, Peters has been Olympiacos' best players consistently, consistently, and Colson, like I said before, I mean, he's becoming that consistent scorer to, to help Lorenzo and Wade. So I think those two guys are going to be very important in this game, and I think that's going to be a hell of a matchup. I will go with uh, Walcup and Lorenzo Brown. Can Walcup, that is one of the best defenders that we have in the EuroLeague, give trouble to Lorenzo Brown? We know that usually Lorenzo Brown just finds his way and is able to impact this game, either as a scorer or as a playmaker, so it's never easy to disrupt him. But if Walcup is able to, to be a disruptor and to give trouble to, to Lorenzo, that's a way for for Olympiacos to be closer on this game and to be able to be more competitive. Yeah. And I think that that particular matchup will be very important for the outcome of uh, this game. Let's continue and let's go to the next game. And it's a game, an uh, Italian derby between Virtus and Milano. And this is a super uh, Virtus that has been playing at a very good level. Is uh, at this point of the competition have five wins and two losses. And it's a Milano that has been disappointing and has been struggling and at this point of the season has two wins and five losses. On the last round, though, Milano won and Virtus uh, lost. Heading into this game, who do you think has the advantage and should be seen as favorite? I'm going to go with Virtus. Uh, Not only because of the way they've been playing, but uh, I think this Virtus team matches up very well with Milano. Uh, Obviously, the biggest advantage that Milano would have is Mirotic and Shields, but uh, I think Virtus has guys to, to put on them, and I think they have good defenders, and Schengele is a, a very good matchup for Mirotic, and then they have different guys in Daniel Ackett and uh, in Daniel Ackett and Isaiah Cordinier and Bellinelli. They, they have a lot of guys uh, on, the, on that backcourt that can be matched up with Shields, even though Shields is a small forward and he's bigger than those guys, but I think they have different looks they can throw at him, and I believe overall the biggest key is Schengelo and Mirotic. And I don't think a lot of teams have a better matchup for Mirotic than Virtus. Uh, probably Monaco with John Brown, but I like how Virtus matches up against Milano, so I'm going to give them the advantage. I actually think, uh, for the exact same reasons, I think that Milano has the advantage on this game. I think that these two teams match up very well with each other. I agree with you on that. I just think that Milano is the more talented team, and uh, I'm leaning to the talent side. I think that Milan will start playing better. And on this particular matchup, I think that uh, they will be able to match up with the uh, Virtus physicality and Virtus intensity that they put into this, this game. Milan's size and Milan's ability to play with Mirotic at the three, Shevon Shields at the two, can give Virtus some trouble. And it will be a very intri- interesting matchup. I think the three point shooting will be crucial for this game. We saw that Virtus struggled from three on the last rounds. If they are able to not find, if they are not able to find themselves, and it's if Milan is able to disrupt their actions and their great ball movement that we know that uh, they will have, they are third in assists per game at twenty point six between within all the Euroleague. That's the way that I think Milan can be into this game. We saw Milan being able to to impose themselves on the the last round against a, a very good Valencia. And in a matchup that I expect to be competitive, I think that the superior talent from uh, from uh, Milano is the, the advantage. And I think that uh, this time around we can agree on the key matchup, uh, individual matchup of this game. It's a battle of MVPs between Toko and Birotic. And if you have some other one, please feel free to go ahead and add it. But like you said, 
they are two players that match up very well against each other. And certainly the one of them that is able to impact the game the most will help their team the most to have a better chance to, to win the game. Yeah, I totally agree uh, with Miritich and Shangela. I think those are two MVP candidates. And I think that's going to be the obviously the matchup that everyone is going to be looking for in this game. Uh, but again, I think Virtus and Shengele will will come out on top. I think I have bad news for Valencia fans on the the next game because they will be facing Real Madrid, and this will be a very very hard matchup for them to bounce back from the from the blowout loss that they had on the the previous round. Real Madrid has been a demolishing machine with six wins and no losses. Do you think that Valencia will have a chance to to give trouble to this Real Madrid team? Well, not really, not really. I mean, Valencia can impose some physicality, of course, but Real Madrid is also a physical team and, and they have guys who can handle that physicality very well and they just have so much more talent and, and I think this is a this is not a balanced matchup. I just think Real Madrid is such a better team and such a more talented team. I think it's going to be very hard for Valencia to to put up a fight in this game. When I look into into individual matchups and when I look at uh, the outlook of this game, it's it's very hard to find uh, the the parts of the game where it's a Valencia advantage, even in terms of individual matchups. We don't know if Chris Jones will be able to play or not, uh, but his individual matchup against Facundo Campazzo, I think it's Facundo Campazzo's advantage. Sammy Ojole against Yabusele, I think it's Yabusele's advantage. Brandon Davis against uh, Walter Tavares, I think it's Walter Tavares' advantage, and so on and so forth. This will be an extremely, extremely hard uh, game for Valencia, and uh, I think this is clearly uh, Real Madrid's advantage, and uh, it's hard to see how Valencia will be able to contradict that, but certainly would be a, a huge uh, achievement for them if they are able to, to beat this uh, this Real Madrid team. From all of these individual matchups, which one do you think that will be more critical for the outcome of this game? Well, I think uh, Sam Jojole and, and Diabo Zelde, uh, I think it's probably the most interesting one for me. Uh, I believe both guys are, are very important there on the forward positions, and I think both of them help their teams a lot as far as rebounding. And I think that's going to be the, a big key here for Ojale and Valencia because they will need to be right there fighting with Real Madrid on the boards to, to have a chance to compete in this game. And I think he's one of the most important players for that team as far as rebounding goes. So I, I would have the, those two guys. It will certainly be a hard, hard matchup for Valencia. But if they want to be on this playoff fight, they will need to be competitive on these matchups. And let's see what they are capable of heading onto the, onto the into this game against Real Madrid. Next on the docket, we have the game between Red Star and Fenerbahce, and this is a game I'm very very interested on because Red Star has been showing some some signs of finding themselves and playing at a, a better level. Fenerbahce came, comes from a, a loss in Serbia on the, the last round. And they certainly will want to bounce back. But I think this will be a very competitive game. And it will be a hard game for, for Fenerbahce to go into into Belgrade and to, to beat Red Star on this particular matchup. What are the strengths and weaknesses of each of these teams? Well, for Red Star, uh, if they are able to play consistent defense and push that pace, uh, I think they have the firepower to beat this Fenerbahce team. But uh, one thing Fenerbahce has shown is their consistency and their ability to defend at a high level. So I believe this game will be very competitive. I think the environment will be crazy. And I believe Red Star has a good chance of getting this win at home. But of course, Fenerbahce is a contender. And they, on paper, they are the better team. But I do think playing at home and if they're able to play good defense, 
which I believe they will, and especially Fenerbahce also uh, also doesn't have those players due to injury for this game. I think Red Star has a great chance, and I believe this will be super competitive. But the fact that Napier had a bad game, uh, I'm hoping him to bounce back. So I think he could be a a, a great di- difference maker in this game, and I think Red Star has a, a very good chance. Three-point shooting will certainly be important. Uh, Red Star currently ranks in 16, uh, shooting 32% uh, from behind the arc. And that's something that uh, they will need to fix and improve to to be more competitive. The rebounding is advantage for Red Star, and that will be something that uh, Fenerbahce will need to address heading into this game. But mostly the ability of Fenerbahce to take care of the ball. They rank first within all the EuroLeague teams at only 10.6 turnovers per game. And that's one of their strengths and something that they will want to to bring into this game that can be a high-intensity game and a game that can be prone to mistakes, especially in crucial moments of the game. And that's something that can be an advantage for Fenerbahce and it will be important for Fenerbahce to to be doing to, to take good care of the ball if they want to come out of this game with uh, uh, a win that will be a very important win for them. In terms of individual matchups, I'm going Wilbekin against Napier. I think those Damn, players you stole, are... you stole, <laughs> you stole my... <laughs> you, you can add to it, it's okay. <laughs> I think I just think that two players are very important players, especially in clutch time for, for their teams and their ability to score and be difference makers will be very important for the outcome of this game. Why were you also leaning into that direction and looking at Napier and Wilbekin as the most important individual matchup on this game? Well, because I think both those guys um, are the difference makers offensively for that team and for, for those teams. And as far as scoring the ball, I think those are the two most important guys. But uh, since you stole it from me, uh, I'm <laughs> going to go with uh, Gedraitish and, and Nigel Hayes-Davis. Uh, I believe on the wings, that's going to be a very exciting matchup. We know how Gedraitish at home turns into Clay Thompson. <laughs> so uh, I think that could be a, a very interesting one Nigel Hayes-Davis had his best offensive game of the season in the last round so we'll see if he keeps this up I believe both guys are very very important for their teams as far as defense and the ability to to score as well so I think that's going to be a very interesting matchup as well adding to, to that matchup as well uh, I think that uh, Nigel can have some theoretical advantage on that matchup and it's geared at is being able to step up and to play at a closer level and especially on the defensive end to to be able to to just slow down Nigel that's the way that he can impact the game and that uh, Red Star can on that front have gain an advantage as well on this particular matchup between those two players that are very important for for both of these teams Next, we have the game between Alba and Aswell, two teams that are at the bottom of the standings heading into this round. Both teams, uh, Aswell uh, stepped up and is playing at a slightly better level. Alba continues to be an entertaining and interesting team to to watch that plays at a high level, likes to disrupt other teams, and they rank third in steals per game at 8.1. That are just indicators of uh, of that and uh, the way that they like to play at a high place and try to outscore their opponents. Who do you think has the advantage on this particular game? Uh, well, I believe um, in this matchup, uh, I think Alba might have an advantage here because both these teams uh, try to play fast and and have shown great ability to score the ball. Uh, so I think it's going to be a very competitive game regardless. Uh, I just think Alba playing at home, they, they might have a, a chance to, to be more consistent defensively, even though that's a big problem for both of these teams. Uh, I just think they are pretty balanced, uh, both of them. And I think it's going to be a very close game. Uh, I'm just going to give it to Alba because playing at home, and I believe 
they they have some matchups that they can take advantage of and they do match up well with Oswell. So I'm going to go with Alba because I think they are a better three-point shooting team. And in a fast-paced game like this, uh, I believe they have the advantage. I honestly think that uh, this game is one of those that the team that takes better care of the ball and shoots better from three will have the advantage and will be able to, to conquer the win. I know that that's not a deep analysis, but in a game between two teams that uh, can struggle at times at uh, doing those things and to be consistent and to be able to take care of the ball, those are the aspects that are difference makers on the, these particular matchups between two teams that can be leveled in terms of talent and consistency. For individual matchups, I want to see if uh, the experienced players from uh, Asphalt will be able to step up and to perform. But I also want to see the matchup between Sterling Brown and TLC. TLC is playing with good conf- confidence. Sterling Brown is showing very good indications uh, of the way that he's able to impact the game. And I think that can be an entertaining individual matchup of this game. Which individual matchup do you think will be crucial for the outcome of this game? That is a very good one right there. Uh, but uh, I'm going to go with Johan Steeman and, and Jeffrey Laverne. Uh, I believe both those guys have been playing good basketball for these teams. I think Tiemann has been the, the most reliable player on, on Alba uh, next to, to Sterling Brown. And I believe for them to have a, a good chance, they need to be strong on the board because Oswell has a bigger team. Uh, so I think he's going to be very important for that team to, to help them on the boards and even scoring, which he has been doing a very good job at. And Laverne, with his ability to stretch the floor and to score, I think that's going to be a very interesting matchup. I agree with you. That's that's what those are the type of matchups that I particularly enjoy. They are two physical, strong players that uh, will certainly be going at each other and giving trouble to, to each other. And the way that they will be able to impact the game will be important for the outcome of this matchup. So, very good pick by you. Next, we have a green matchup between Panathinaikos and Jalgiris. Jalgiris comes into this game with three losses on their previous three games. And Panathinaikos seems to be finding themselves and to be playing at a, at a higher level. This is a game that I expect it to be competitive, where both teams, uh, where it will be important for both teams to conquer this win, as uh, they are in similar places within the standings. They are tied with three wins and four losses, and uh, with two teams that are fighting directly for the the same uh, goals, they certainly will want to to get this win, and especially for Jalgiris, that is. Um, bad run and with three consecutive losses the, this game becomes especially important but on the on the road and against a pilot next team that is playing better I think that will be hard to achieve I think Mitoglu will be a very very hard matchup for uh, this uh, Jalgiris team he can give them trouble and uh, for Jalgiris they are the best three-point shooting team of the EuroLeague at 41.4% and the volume is the key for, for me there they need to do a better job at finding open three-point shoot- shooters and to take them in, the, in a higher volume because if they want to play uh, with a smaller ball lineup, they need to, to be just uh, taking a higher volume of trees to be able to compete and to be able to beat teams that might be superior to them in terms of talent. What aspects of the game will be the most important ones on this match? Well, I believe uh, Panathinaikos has been scoring at a very high level lately. And I think that's a key here in this game because uh, I keep saying this. I don't think Zalgiris has enough talent to keep up with this type of teams. So if Panathinaikos is able to to get stops and to push that pace, I believe this is a game where they can dominate on the boards because Zalgiris is a, a smaller team. And you pointed out perfectly how Mitoglu 
has a chance to be a, a great difference maker in this game. But I think Lasorte as well. Uh, I believe Panathinaikos has all the advantages here in this game. So I think that's basically the key for them is to get stops, to dominate the boards and, and to push that pace. In terms of individual matchups, and I had mentioned already how big Mito can be on this game, I will go with him against my guy, Roland Schmidt, and uh, see which one of them is able to have a better game, probably will be a good indicator to to find out which of these teams will be able to, to win or to have a better chance to, to win on uh, on this matchup. And I think that that particular individual matchup between those two players will be very important for the outcome of this game. What about you? You keep stealing all my matchups, man. <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to go with uh, Slukas and Keenan Evans then. I believe those guys are the primary creators for each of these teams. And I think they're going to be very important the way they set the tone for them uh, throughout the game. And I think it's going to be an incredible matchup as well because they are both obviously super talented. So I'm very excited for that. Yeah, those will certainly be my my second ones. Keenan Evans against almost any of the, the top guards from Panathinaikos or Slokas or Grant or even um, if none is able to already have a bigger role on this game. It certainly will be a very important matchup between some of the most important players for each of the team. And I apologize for stealing your individual matchups. I will let you to go first on the, the next one. Next, we have Basconi against Barcelona. And Basconi is a team that is stepping up. They won their last two games, including an uh, impressive road win against Olympiacos on the, the previous round. Barcelona, we know it's one of the best teams in the EuroLeague that is playing at a very high level. They just lost against Real Madrid, that is the best team in the EuroLeague so far. What for you are the, the main aspects of this game and mostly how can Basconi surprise Barcelona and get this uh, home win? Well, the same way they did uh, against Olympiacos. Uh, play good quality defense and just do a good job guarding the three because obviously Barcelona is an elite three-point shooting team. But they also have guys who can punish you inside. So it needs to be a total defensive effort from Basconia all around. Uh, guarding the three, guarding the paint. And it's going to be very hard. Obviously, Barcelona is the better team. But if Basconia is able to put up a, another good defensive performance and you, we know they can get hard offensively, they have a chance. But it's going to be very hard because Barcelona knows how to play and they know how to respond to good defenses. So I think Barcelona has all the advantage here. But I think Pasconia has a chance to, to put up a fight. But as far as winning the game, I think it's going to be very hard. But I think they can put up a fight. For Pasconia, for me, it's uh, how they have been doing it so far. We know that uh, Barcelona will tend to take good care of the ball. They rank second in turnovers per game at 11.2. We know that they are usually a good team sharing the ball. They rank fourth at 18.7 assists per game. But uh, for Pasconia, it's the, the energy... Uh, they are second in offensive rebounds at 13.6 and uh, that ability to have players that come into the game with a high energy, uh, that aggressivity that they have, it's the way that they get second chance points and that they are able to, to make the, the game easier for them, even if sometimes they are not able to compete in other aspects of the game. The three-point shooting certainly will be very important. Pascani ranks 17th within all the, the league in three-point shooting percentage, that's something that they can aspire to to improve. They have some good three-point shooters. Uh, Howard at times can go in really cold streaks, but he can also go on hot streaks. We know that, that we know that he has that ability, and him being able to step up and have a good game, uh, it can give Basconia the offensive input 
that they will need to be competitive and to, to compete against this uh, strong Barcelona team. I promised it, so I will give it to you, which is the individual matchup you will be looking at on this game. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with the, the backcourt here. Uh, not just one guy, but I'm going to go with that two-on-two with uh, Cody Miller-McIntyre and Marcus Howard against Saransky and La Provitla. I think these are two teams who use the backcourt in, in a very similar way. Uh, the point guards uh, are the bigger guys in Saransky and Cody Miller-McIntyre. And these are guys that can do it all, a bit of everything. They can rebound, they can pass, they can score. Whenever it's needed, they, they just do what's needed for the team to be successful. And then at the shooting guard spots, two smaller guys in La Provitula and Marcus Howard that are elite shooters and that can get hot in a second. So I think these backcourts are pretty similar and I'm very excited to see how they match up against each other. That absolutely will be one of the keys for this game. I will go with the bench and I will go with Jabari against Chima Maneke. Both players, Jabari has been stepping up on the, the lighter games and playing at a very good level. Chima has been one of the most important players for this Pascal team. He ranks first on their performance index rating. And I think that that can be an intriguing matchup, slightly different players, but that might be matching up against each other, both usually coming off the bench. And uh, the way that they will be able to impact this game can be important for the outcome of this game. This might be a game where Barcelona doesn't need uh, a big Jabari game because I think that overall they can be able to impose themselves and just build some advantage as the, the game goes. But if this is a close game, that particular matchup can be also one that uh, is important for the way that uh, this game ends. Let's then head into the last game of this first hand of this uh, double header. Reminder that uh, on Wednesday we will bring you our preview preview of the, the second half of this double header and the games of round 9. And this last game is a game between Bayern Munich and Partizan. And this is a game I'm quite interested on. Bayern hasn't been has been playing at a good level and has been able to be competitive, hasn't been able to, to win as much. Partizan is a team that hasn't been playing at a great level, or at least at the level that we can expect from them, but slowly has been able to start getting better production from players that we expect to be impactful. On this particular matchup, on a game that I expect that can be very competitive, who do you think has the advantage? This is a tough one. Uh, I mean, absolutely. these teams are pretty balanced in terms of talent and in terms of how they've been playing. Um Maybe I will lean towards Bayern playing at home and uh, Partizan being without Kevin Ponner. Uh, I think Bayern has a chance because uh, obviously for Partizan, Kaminsky has been stepping up, but then you have Ibaka on the other side who's also been playing at a very good level. And I'll just say this is my matchup so that you don't steal it after. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think Bayern uh, has the ability to to match up nicely. Out, uh, not really. <laughs> I mean... They can match up nicely <laughs> as far as the bigs, but uh, then they might be a bit too small to, to match up with Nunnally and, and uh, Lede. Uh, but I think regardless of that, I think these two teams are very balanced and, and they can have a very competitive game. Uh, I think inside Bayern could be able to take care of business, but then the, if they go with those three-guard lineups, uh, I think they need Nick Valorbeb to be a very important piece here in this matchup because he's used to guarding bigger guys and I think it could be a decent matchup for Nunnally. So uh, I think these teams are evenly matched, but I'm going to go with Bayern. I think they have a, an advantage playing at home, and, and I think they match up well with Partizan. I'm leaning Partizan. I just think that they have more firepower, and I don't know if Bayern will be able to keep up with uh, with that. 
if Bayern is able to slow down uh, Partizan, uh, I think that will be the way for them to, to do it. But it's very hard to do it. The, the way that Partizan plays, they are just able to find their offense and find ways to score, regardless almost of uh, who are the, the best players on any given matchup on any, any given day. They will always be able to score, and that has been where Bayern has been struggling. They are the worst offense of the, the EuroLeague at 73 points per game. And I just don't think that they have enough on that front to be able to... They have enough in terms of talent. They haven't been able to show enough on that front to for me to, to be able to trust them enough on this matchup. So I have a slight lean to, to partisan side on this game, but I do expect it to be a competitive one. And both teams have arguments to, to, to make them the, the lean. Since you already pointed out who is your individual matchup for this game, why is that? Why are is that individual matchup crucial for the outcome of this this game? Well, at first uh, I was thinking Lucic versus Nunnally, but then Lucic still hasn't played, and that's why I, I was saying that Bayern would match up nice with Partizan. But then I was like, uh, maybe on the wings, maybe not, because I was <laughs> counting on Lucic. But uh, I think both those bigs in Ibaka and Kaminsky have been playing at a very high level, and arguably. They've been the best player for each of these teams. And I think Ibaka being so good defensively versus Kaminsky, who has been scoring the ball at a very good level, I think that's going to be very interesting to see. Very interesting to see how each one responds to the other one. So that's why I went with that. I will still just half of your individual matchup so you don't get upset at me. And I will go Ibaka against Ladei. I, okay. I think Ladei has been a very important player for Partizan. And... Uh, I'm like looking at the same things that you are looking at as being one of the important factors for this game. If Ladei and Ibaka has been very good defensively, and I think he can give troubles to to this team uh, of Partizan uh, on the inside, on in the interior. Bayern has been going to to big lineups, and the way that Ladei can be able to take some advantage of that, and we know that he can space the floor and he can play. Uh, a bit more like a forward. Him being able to to create advantages for Partizan and giving trouble to to Bayern for using those two big man lineups can be a way that Partizan takes an advantage and creates some disruption in the way that Bayern likes to play. So that's why I'm going with uh, Ladei versus Ibaka on this particular matchup. And I think that both can have very good games. Just uh, that difference of styles can be can be important for the the outcome of this. Uh, particular matchup between Bayer and Partizan. It, it will be around that will be very interesting and we'll have several high-level matchups. I will ask you which matchups should our listeners be tuning in for and which ones do you think that are the most important and relevant ones. I can go first and I can go ahead. The one between Monaco and FS, I think it's an important matchup, especially to see if FS is able to step up and if we can look at them as a team that can perform up to their level of talent and uh, or if they are just not able to, to take that step forward and Monaco will just be too much for them. What about you? What is your next matchup of the week that you will be tuning in for? Well, I think that Red Star versus Fenerbahce is going to be one hell of a game and I'm truly excited about that. I think uh, obviously Fenerbahce is in the top four and Red Star hasn't started the way that they wished but I think both these teams are very good and I think Red Star is a, a playoff level team so I expect them at some point to start picking up and we saw against Barcelona they were already very competitive so I think they have a chance here to prove that they belong in the in the playoff tier. The games between Maccabi and Olympiacos, Virtus and Milano are certainly games of interest 
And this last matchup that we previewed between Bayern and Partizan also have the components to, to be a good game or to tune in for. Subscribe to the podcast, follow us on Twitter at Ita Zero League, and make sure you guys share our podcast uh, with your friends that like EuroLeague and want to learn and follow the, the competition. As always, I'll be talking with you guys soon. Bye, guys. See you all next episode.